the mama, not 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 the mama. You do that one more time and I'm gonna throw you across the room. Hello, welcome <laughs> to Not the Mama with Auntie Julia. I am your host, Auntie Julia, and today I'm very excited to welcome my new friend, <laughs> um, but more importantly, Kara Clank, comedian <laughs> who also has her album coming out in early March called Undefeated. And Kara, where can you pre-order it? iTunes, baby. Awesome. So March 8th, we'll plug that again at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but very excited. So that is it your first Yeah, album? it's my first album. I've so been doing cool. stand-up for 10 years, so it's not like, it's really a bunch of greatest hits. And really um, I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so Kara is here today, and she's also a very special guest, um, <laughs> because she is our first dun 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 mother-to-be. First pregnant guest. <laughs> oh my god, I'm really breaking the format here. Well, no, you are <laughs> enhancing the format. Um, no, I'm super excited and super glad that you wanted to be here. So, Kara and I, our background is we actually just met for real. Yeah. Whole, what was it? Not even a month ago. Or maybe like, yeah, about a month ago. We got to go to the Erica Jane concert. Oh, what in a Brooklyn. magical night. <laughs> last, last show of the Pretty Mess tour. That was. Such a fun. Time. So fun. By the end of it, I was like way too wasted. <laughs> well, really we did get like a some kind of bowl of alcohol that was on fire. Yes. So yes. there was a lot <laughs> happening. Yeah, I'm sure you you as like the sober person were probably like, what? Who am I? No, with? no, I I pass no judgment. Um, though my social life has become very illuminating since I stopped I'm drinking. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I think about that all the time because well, our group too because you had it was me and Lisa together. Mm-hmm. And then it was your group of It friends. was a couple of my college friends, my sister, and then a couple of my, my college friends' friends. Yes. So we were like a whole group. Yes. And we were also, it was hilarious because Lisa got recognized by some guy. <laughs> some record company guy? Yeah. Who was powerful enough to hook us up, yeah. but also like didn't get what Erica Jane was because was like confused why there were so many gay guys at this concert. Yeah, and I was like, if you knew a thing about the person that you were coming to see, you'd know that that's basically the demo. Well, Andy kept buying Lisa and I drinks, which only happens if someone recognizes who Lisa is. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept paying cash. So I was like, okay, like... And he, at one point, kind of was running low on cash. So I was like, I don't know what is happening. But thank God we were in that VIP section. Yeah. Because wasn't one of your friends pregnant, too? Yes. I was with another friend who was (laughs) pregnant who actually left early because she thought the vibrations from the concert were going to hurt the baby, which I Googled and is not real. (laughs) And I was just like, that's fine. Ever To each her own, like, paranoid pregnancy, you know. But I am... Uh, about three weeks more pregnant than her, yeah. and I was like, I'm staying till the end. Yeah. I loved it. Well, and it was also only like 30 minutes. <laughs> max. The woman has eight songs, <laughs> like at max. It was such a funny night. But yeah, and then after we went and celebrated your friend's My friend's friend's, friend's birthday. birthday. That's true, yeah. And that's when all the drinks were, or it was yeah. that punch. It really was. Yeah. I, I did have to stop drinking. And you guys had food, but it didn't really seem like it was making a dent. No. <laughs> that food, yeah, the um, coconut shrimp was really good. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, so um, <laughs> we were talking about my podcast that night, and Kara was like, oh, well, I can't be on it because I'm pregnant. And I said... <laughs> Absolutely, you can do it. <laughs> never I, say never. So it's all working out because she's here promoting Yeah. Because um, you're in L.A. Yeah, I live in L.A., but I'm in New York. I was in New York for my baby shower, plus a few extra days of doing some album promo and cool. a little bit of stand-up. Very fun. Yeah. Um, and you lived here forever, too. Right? Yeah, I lived in New York for 11 years. Yeah. So I miss you, it. Um, your background, did you come here for stand-up or... Well, no, I'm from an hour outside of New York, so I just, it was always just, like, in my brain, like, yeah, you you moved to New York, like, after, so, like, I, um, after college, I actually lived in Italy for a little bit, and then my, um, aunt, I had this, like, cool apartment story that my apartment on the Upper West Side, my parents lived in it when they first got pregnant with me, rent-stabilized apartment, then my aunt moved into it for 25 years, and then my, my parents called me, and they were like, 
you gotta get you gotta move to New York because yeah. your aunt wants to move out and this is your chance to take the apartment. And I was like, okay, so we don't own it. We just keep yeah. slide we kept sliding it to each other. So then I lived in it for eleven years. Oh, and then so after great. forty years of this place being in our family, the guy bought me out yeah. and I moved to LA. Yeah. So um yeah, I always knew I was gonna move to LA move to New York. Um and thought I was going to live here forever. And it's not never too late to come back. I might yeah. come back. Um, but I came here and I started where I was an NBC page. Oh, cool. And, while I, and after that, I, did, I got into production and I started taking UCB classes. So I was an improviser for a little okay. while. And then around 2008, I segued into stand-up. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. I've been to your, the show that you used to host here. Mm-hmm. If you built mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Lane did that a couple times, yep. so I got to go, which was so fun and cool. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, and then, um, you know, now you're super good friends with Megan, mm-hmm. so that's how you guys have worked on some stuff that I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I'm so happy that we've connected now. And yeah. Um, I've always heard tell of you, <laughs> yeah. and now we finally put it together. Yeah. So, okay, so let's get into our chat about podcast-related stuff. So, okay, so Kara comes to us today pregnant, and how far along are you? I am seven months and one week. I don't like to do the weeks because I feel like it makes people do division, and no one wants to do that. (laughs) So I am seven months and one week. And this was planned, I'm assuming. Extremely planned. (laughs) And so why don't you kind of give us your background a little bit as far as um, if you always knew you were going to be a mom or you always wanted to be a parent. Um, I am the oldest of six kids. Oh, wow. So my, I have brothers that are like a seven year and a nine year age difference for me. Um, and I just like started babysitting when I was like 11, like truly when I was 11 years old, like people would hire me to, I I don't understand how in this day and age you would ever leave your kid with an 11 year old, but it was like in my suburb. Um, and so I've just been around kids forever. I've been a camp counselor, like, I just have always really loved kids. My mom's a pediatrician. It's oh. kind of my mom's one of fourteen kids. Oh, wow. It's like all kind of just like in there in in the DNA, I yeah. guess. So I just like I've always wanted to have kids. In fact, I was telling this story earlier today. Like, well, my husband uh, was like, "Well, what's our timeline? Like, when should I propose? When are we going to get yeah. married?" And I was like, "Well, I don't really care about getting married. I was like, <laughs> I care if we have kids." Yeah. And I was like, I'm happy to Goldie Hawn it with you and yeah. Kurt Russell it. You know, like, I don't need the wedding. Yeah. And he was like, well, I think we should get married if we're going to have kids. I was like, that's fine. So, yeah. and I love my wedding and I love being married. How but that was never my thing. Three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So, we had a little time of being married people, just a married couple, before we dove right into the parenthood thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a pretty good amount of time. Yeah, say, yeah. Actually. We, like, got to travel yeah. and do some fun stuff and move to L.A. together and, yeah. And your husband, Jared Logan. Yes, my husband's name is Jared Logan, also a comedian, a writer. Very yeah. funny. He does, his, like, anything I've watched of his makes me laugh I know, so he's hard. really he's funny. So funny. He cracks he's me up. very talented. <laughs> I felt bad when we were out because I was talking some shit about Pete Holmes. <laughs> he was there and I Please. he was like... I think they're friends. He doesn't care. <laughs> well, no, I just like, I mean, I'm talking about it publicly now. I don't care about talking shit about it, but I feel like, okay, Julia, relax. <laughs> you don't have to impress your opinions on every single person you meet in all contexts. Um, but no, Jared is like so funny. Yeah, he's he's great and he's so excited. Too yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's so, excited to be a dad. Yeah, so that's awesome. So, and you are how old? I am 38, 38 so I am, is Jared? Jared is just turned 39, okay. so we're pretty much the same age, um, and I am having a geriatric pregnancy, I don't know if you oh, know that that's what they call it. This, we've yeah. discussed this term. Yes. Um, yeah. I am a mother of advanced maternal age. Yeah, so, what, you know, without getting too personal or whatever, mm-hmm. was it hard for you to conceive? Um, it actually wasn't. Um, I, I did have two miscarriages, but I did get pregnant three times in the space okay. of like eight months. Yeah. So like it was happening, but you know, these things like, you know, I like, I'm very open to talking about them because I feel like people should, because it's like anything with the human body, so much stuff goes wrong. And it's just like, it wasn't meant to be basically is how I think of it. So, um, but then yeah, I'm like immediately after my second miscarriage, I got pregnant with this one and you know, it's all been fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So getting pregnant wasn't hard. Okay. But, but did when you went to your gynecologist or OBGYN were, before you got pregnant and you were trying to, 
were they, because of the quote-unquote geriatric age for conceiving, were they kind of trying to make you afraid that it wouldn't happen? No, not at all. Like, they were, like... They were like, the good news is you're getting pregnant. Yeah. You know, I mean, like some, I had friends who like were never able to get pregnant and then did in vitro, you yeah. know, like, or IUI or other things. And, um, I was able to, to do it pretty easily the old fashioned way. Yeah. Um, well, it's just, it's kind of just not a crapshoot necessarily, but I mean, so my, I've talked about this before on the pod, but all of my friends from college got married immediately, basically, because we went to this mm-hmm. college and of course all became young moms or tried to so i in my 20s had friends who were dealing with infertility oh wow so that's why i'm always just kind of like i don't it can you know it, yeah it's not and and now i have friends who are even in their 40s who are having their first children mm-hmm. so you know it seems to run the spectrum about you know who it's just going to happen for and who it isn't. Totally. Age doesn't always seem, at least in my friend group experience, to be the only signifier of what. No, I don't. Happen. I don't think so at all. I mean, I look. I'm like. I've never really had like problematic periods or endometriosis or yeah. anything like that. So like, there was nothing besides my age that yeah. like that gave my doctors any like pause for like you know me Your getting history. right. And that's that also made my doctors like. I, when I told them that, they were like, you're fine. Yeah. Like, cause I, I kept saying like, oh, I'm going to start trying in, you know, 2017 or whatever. Cause we did start trying at the end of 2017. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, they were like, okay, I mean, earlier if you can. And I was like, well, I'm like one of six kids and my mom's one of 14. They were like, oh, you're fine. Yeah. Like, and so, I mean, it is genetic in some ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the geriatric thing just makes me laugh. I don't really right. like take a, I don't put a ton of stock it's in it. It's just completely ridiculous that that's yeah. the terminology that's used yeah. quote, medically. I mean, well, because I, I don't know if you noticed, um, if you're on social media much, but I talked about this in my last little mini episode the um all of the the CDC report that just came out that said Americans weren't having enough children to report. Right, I read about that. And so I saw the I saw people sharing that. When I mean some of I mean some of the titles were women aren't having enough children. Right. And then once you actually look at all the stats, it's really just birth rates are down amongst white women and birth rates are up in several states amongst black and Hispanic women. So all, it's all a combination of misogyny and, and, racism. and racism. But and yeah, all of, it's all like, why aren't women having children? Like, what's going on wrong? And again, it was their women are more often waiting to get educated and have careers before having children. And little do they know, it might not be that easy for them. And it's just, it's like, what the fuck, you know? So ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. Where there's a will, there's a way. If you want to be a parent, it will happen. Yeah, and I and I had said to my husband, I said, look, if if we can't do this naturally, and I said I would maybe try IVF one time. Yeah. If it's covered, I'm not going to blow our entire yeah. savings on having to have my own children. That's right. not something that I need, and I don't grudge anyone that that is yeah. their thing. But that is not me. Like I hear these stories about like they spent eighty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars trying IVF four times. Yeah. I am happy to adopt a child. Like I'm a I'm a um advocate for a foster child in New York in LA. Right. And I just have seen like the fo- I've been like learned a lot about the foster system and like how many children like yeah. need homes and I would well, be really happy to do that. You know what I mean? So what goes into being an advocate for a foster child? Well, I work for, I, I volunteer for this uh, organization called CASA, and it's actually probably in New York. It's in many states. Okay. I just work for CASA, CASA of California and, um, and of Los Angeles. And it's basically, I took like a six-week course to become like certified, and you just learn a lot about like a lot of the racism in the in the yeah. foster parenting system and a lot of the preconceived notions that a lot of us have about what makes a good parent and what doesn't and um when people when kids are in danger and when they're not mm-hmm. and um and then I just got assigned uh, a a child afterwards and I was assu- assuming like they really trained us on a lot of the people what they get are like teenagers and you just have to like hang out with them once a month yeah. and then what you do is you go to court and you advocate for what the teenager wants oh, okay. and within reason like the yeah. teenager might be like I want to go live with my mom because she's high all the time and lets me yeah. do what I want that's obviously yeah. not something you advocate for but 
I ended up getting a baby. I ended up getting a little, a little uh, medically fragile child. So I've been working with him. Um, but uh, I encourage people to do it because once you get past the six week training course, which does require like a little bit of time, because um, I, I believe the sessions are like three or four hours every every week. But then it's once a month, and then it's going to court, and it, you make a huge difference for yeah. some of these kids. So I think it's. Um, a great organization. So and look it up. Casa. Casa. Probably dot org. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll look up more info and include it on our website. Yeah. Um, no, that's like incredible. I've never even heard of that before. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I just found out from someone else and like, I wanted to do something volunteer and something with kids. And I thought yeah. that that would be a cool, um, thing. And I, I've enjoyed it so far, but anyway, that was like that opened my eyes even further to like adoption yeah. and fostering and all these other ways that you can be a parent if you want to be yeah. a parent. So I just think um, I understand people want to like pass their own genes and have right. their own flesh and blood come into the world, but that just wasn't like the most important right. thing to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, so that's excellent. So what's yeah. your due date? So my due date is April 5th. Very excited. Are you nervous? Or are you I'm like you? nervous for the birth, but yeah. nothing else. I'm not really yeah. nervous about like handling a baby because I've had a, yeah. I've, I've had experience with babies. I'm nervous for like what's going to happen to yeah. my body. But um, we'll see. I'm, you know, I think it's like everybody says you like forget about the pain very quickly. So. Yeah, they do. I mean, I definitely think it's interesting I mean, because my mom is one of those who, she never had an epidural, didn't have anything like that. Yeah. And every single time, or whenever she talks about it, oh, I just, I couldn't wait to have my next child. Like, you know, that's just my mom. But then I have a friend, and she's like, I'm never doing it again. I have one oh, yeah, and that's enough for me. Yeah. I will never forget what happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, and, and so I don't know if that's always true, but yeah. I think that's what they tell you so that... <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, people will keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I'm sure, you know, I think it's, the cool thing nowadays is it's talked about so much more and people are encouraged to have a plan and to advocate for themselves and to have all of this education because going to a hospital in any capacity is overwhelming and to not really, you know, especially if you're going in and having another person come out of your body. Uh, yeah. Like, so I just think it's like, you know, nowadays it's, and there are so many more resources for women. If you want to have a doula, if you want to go to a right. wife, you know. Right. And the fathers are usually much more involved than mm-hmm. they used to be. So I think. I like, talked to someone today. Oh, I, I, I talked to Michelle Collins today, hilarious comedian, who said her mom said, never let the man in the room. Like in the in the delivery room, and I was like, "Oh, my husband's gonna be in the room." Yeah. <laughs> that it it is just silly, and I mean, well, and did you ever watch Mad Men? Yeah. When Betty goes in to deliver, right? I mean, any type of gynecological scene on that show was just terrifying. Like ripping butts in the oh, in the exam room, pretty yeah. much. But when Betty goes in to have their third child, it's just like a nightmare scenario. But I also felt like they did a good job of showing that on the man's side, too, because it's just all these guys hanging out in... Smoking cigars. Yeah. And it's like, if you really loved your partner, which obviously Don didn't really love Betty, but if... I would I would think that most people did love their partners. That must have been terrifying for them, too. Like, why wouldn't you want to be there? I don't child. even know if it was like a want thing. I feel like it was like back right. in the day they were just like, don't come in here. We'll let you know when it's over. It's indecent right. for you to see a woman in that right. state or and something. The, that's what I mean. Like, so for the guys, they must have been so anxious. Right. And nervous yeah. And scared, not only for their partner, but Which also my husband is child. going to be as well, yeah. but right next to me. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's like a thousand times more anxious about this pregnancy, I everything mean. than I am. <laughs> He's always like, can you lift that? Are you allowed to eat that? Like, he's so paranoid. Yeah, I know. And I get it. I mean, it's always like, but but that's like the thing with women. It's like everything you do is wrong. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like you just have to have like an attitude where like, all right. Yeah. Like whatever happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's really exciting. Very excited for you. Yes, and I'm, like, late in my friend group, too, because, like, I, I mean, my mom didn't start having kids until she was 33, and oh, okay. I, I'm oh, the oldest, like, yeah. 33 to start having six kids. Yeah. Like, my last brother was born when she was, like, 41, 42. So, like, 
I always thought like, oh, I can start like a little yeah. bit later in my 30s and it'll be fine. But like I do have a lot of friends from college who started having them in our late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. So in college, I only have like uh, from college, I only have like one or two friends without kids. Yeah. And then from my summer camp group of friends, like everyone has multiple kids. Like so most of my friends have kids. So yeah. I do feel like I have like a good like a village of people that have kids, but yeah. then my comedy group is right. like young, swinging, single, like or yeah. in relationships, but like not <laughs> like not having babies, except for one of my friends. I don't know if you know Erin Lennox, another comedian. I she's, don't know her, but I know her. Yeah, she's doing like two weeks. Okay, well, and that's and yeah, so we'll we uh, we'll have two kids, well, kids that are like two months apart. Oh, so that'll that's be fun. Really great. Especially, yeah, I mean. Well, that is the thing that's so interesting because, yeah, like, my friends from college, they're all married. They all have children. Even my friends from high school now, most of most of them have kids. Yeah, my married. high school – I have a couple high school friends that are um, lesbians and don't have kids, but one, I think, wants to, so. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but then in comedy, it's like – I'm looked at as the most stable person because you're in like a relationship and you have a good job. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. Like the whole social scene dynamics, like what is you know desirable is just completely different. Totally, and and in LA, I would say too, and probably if I still lived in New York as well in the comedy world, like there, I just know so many people that are married or in like long term partnerships. That are just like, we're never doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah. I, I think that's so cool that you're like, sometimes I actually think about that. I'm like, wow, it would be cool to just travel all the time yeah. and never be encumbered by anything. Like, and you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the old, I, you know, I think the funny thing is because since I've been like more publicly talking about it, because I've said pretty much my whole life that I never want to have kids. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously once this podcast came out, I mean, my family and friends all knew I didn't want to have kids. So, and they they saw the podcast. They're like, she was not kidding. Okay. (laughs) Um, I mean, people who know me just know at this point, like, because Lane, Lane and I aren't married and I also don't want to get married. You don't care about getting married. Okay. It's just not. Yeah. I actually care so much to specifically not get married. Like that's the thing (laughs) that I want. Like I just never want to be married. Um, and so part of why I started the podcast was because people in my social group and my core circle love and accept me and I'm going to talk freely about this where there's a lot of people who are listening who don't have that support and they can't talk about it. Um, but it is funny because the more I talk about it, the more I'm just like, yeah, I'm so much, oh my gosh, I'm just like relieved continually because I'm just like, yeah, this is really what I don't want. And I feel like that's probably the same kind of emotions for my friends who really wanted to have kids. And once they finally became parents, like, yes, this is really what I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's at life is life, no matter what your choices are. So yeah, sure. Eventually I'll travel more probably once I have more money. And I mean, I have a lot of free time. Um, but that's also important to me just to have lounge time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our cats are like too much work for me. <laughs> um, but you know. See, that's the podcast I could start is not the pet owner. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I am really not a pet person yeah. and I feel like people look at non like pet people as way worse than people that don't want to have kids. Oh, I, people are so, they nice, like think I'm that sure. you are actually like evil. If you like, are like, I like dogs. I just don't want to ever have one. Right. They're like, what? Like, dogs are so much fun. I know. I love dogs too, but I also, no thank you. Especially not in New York. Right. Everyone I know who has a dog here pays like $400 a month just for a dog walker. Right. And I'm just like, I, why would I do that to myself? Right. Like, yeah. It's so, <laughs> I just think, I think that's so funny. Like the people are like, I don't, tr-. there's like memes on the internet. They're like, I don't trust people that don't like dogs. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, Jesus. Yes. I'm not going to rob stuff, you. It is really funny. The dog stuff, if you're not like a owner of a dog or obsessed with dogs, the vitriol that's just socially acceptable to spew out yeah. to those people. It's wild. Like, then, where you would never say that, I don't think, about someone that didn't want to have kids. But not oh. wanting a dog is, like, he there is vitriol. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. People feel so open, I feel like, to hate you if you don't it, like you don't, cats. Yeah, well, not cats. People feel very open to tell you. How much they hate cats. They hate <laughs> cats. <laughs> That's true. That's um, true. Every, every time someone finds out I have a cat, it's like, oh, I hate cats. 
They just are so open. I hate this thing that you love. Wonderful. (laughs) I love my cats. They are my teeny babies. Yeah. Um, But, no, so that's interesting then because since you did wait a little bit longer to have kids, you kind of have this unique perspective of being the friend in your college friend group who didn't have kids while all of your friends had that. Yes. I've been, like, to so many, like, baby showers and I've held all my friends' kids and I love all my friends' kids. Um, And... Yeah, I think it's like, it's kind of like I waited a little bit longer to get married too. Like I got married at 35 and I'd already been to so many weddings. And so at that point I was like, this is what I do want at my wedding. This is what I don't want at my wedding. And I feel like same thing watching all my friends have kids. I'm like, "Mm, this is how they do it that I would do or I wouldn't, (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily do it this way. You know, it's just, yeah, it's like you have your little, like, I mean, village eye roll, but like, you know, you can kind of crowdsource a little bit. That's why when I read all of these articles about shaming women for waiting or how, how dare you go get an education and a career before bringing another child into the world. It's like, what are you talking about? Like that is sensible. Yeah. And a lot of, just to go back to the article, a lot of like the reasons for the birth rate decreasing is for good reasons. Like teen pregnancies are down. Yes. Unwanted pregnancies yes. are down. So it's just, it's like. I also read that like the, in, uh, in a rebuttal article to that, like that the U.S. like mortality rate among women is like very high. Yes. It's like dangerous to yes. have in a, for a third, for a first world country that yes. it's really high and yes. that's not. Especially probably, I'm sure, in, like, rural and poor areas and stuff like that. Right. It's just not... Well, and that's, like, another reason why, too, it's so great now that women are given so much information because you can go in and advocate for yourself already, like, when it's possible. Like, the stuff that I've read, because it's uh, my friend who helps me with all the podcasts are, her friend had a baby... And it was obviously her first baby, and she wrote this like really amazing uh, blog about her experience because she just wanted other women to be aware. Went has health insurance, went to a good hospital, is white, which unfortunately, uh-huh. you know, women of color are much more at risk um, in hospitals having children. Um, so she thought, you know, she knew what she was doing. She thought she had prepped everything. And she left the hospital, and she was just bleeding so much. Uh, and they kept telling her, oh, oh, that's normal. Unless you see anything unusual, just let us know. But because it was her first kid, she was like, why do I know it's unusual? What's unusual? It, it seems unusual. Right. And then her, like, first, it was supposed to be a four-week checkup or whatever, got pushed, or a six-week checkup got pushed back to eight weeks because there were so many women who needed to see her doctor. And she was continually bleeding, continually bleeding, well, it turns out when she finally got back, they had left part of her placenta in, which was causing... Oh, my the God. Allergy. So she was very in danger. There was... Uh, certain hospitals have these kits. I forget what they're called. But this particular hospital had one, which if a hospital has a kit, it increases the survival rate for when something goes wrong. And so she was really lucky, and she got the healthcare that she needed finally... But she was very close to death. I mean, she was talking about how she was just so exhausted. And she felt like it was a different type of exhaustion. Yeah, because it was, like, blood loss. Yeah, like, she, like, couldn't even lift her. Yeah. Um, and C-sections are, like, I was just talking to my friend who's a doctor. And she was, like, you know, really try not to have a C-section if you can. Like, if they give you kind of, like, the option. Like, try don't do yeah. it. Because it's such a common thing that we do, like, thousands of times a day in this country. But it is a serious yeah. surgery. And, like, yeah. your body is being completely, like, cut open, which is not even how they do most surgeries right. now. Most yeah. surgeries are, like, laparoscopic through your belly button or, like, yeah. your thigh now. And when you are have a C-section, it's like a fillet of your entire tummy. Have you seen photos of them? I mean, I, yeah, I have. What, I, I don't ever look for things like that because <laughs> I really cannot handle it. Yeah. Um, and this was back when Facebook was new, and one of my friends from college, his wife had a cesarean, and... <gasps> they posted a photo of it? He... Oh my god, Kara. First it was just pictures of a cute newborn and I'm scrolling through and then you and just then get to her body like jacked open. open and full carnage and I was just like too intimate. No. <laughs> he wouldn't she, I don't think Not he would okay. it was a vaginal delivery right. like that. You know, and I was just like 
warnings, please. No, I don't need people's much. open heart surgeries. I don't need. No. I don't even honestly need ultrasounds. I really don't need those <laughs> ultrasound photos. I, I think our listeners would agree. With I them. hate them, <laughs> especially the 3D one where they look like it's a baby in a pickle jar. Yeah. And it's just like little faces smushed up against some whatever. Oh god. Everyone's like, "Are you gonna get that one?" I'm like, "No, thanks. I'll hold out and wait to meet yeah. the thing in real life." Yeah, it's funny what people will share online. Obviously, I'm an overshare, but even I have my boundaries. Like, (laughs) last week, I was on antibiotics for this, like, chest infection, and then I had an allergic reaction to the antibiotics, so I broke out in this horrible rash. It was awful. Oh, my gosh. head to toe. Truly a nightmare. Luckily, my sister's a doctor because I was telling myself it was just hives from a, a period. <laughs> so once I finally sat her Period up, hives, you know, the huge. <laughs> well, I have had that before. My very first period, I got hives. And so, and I'll always remember it because I had to stay home from school. <laughs> but it was ski club night. I grew up going downhill skiing. And it was, you you know, it was kind of expensive and you only got to do it for eight weeks in the season. And so I, because I wasn't really sick, my mom was still going to let me go to ski club, even though I stayed home from school. And so, of course, I'm not going to announce to my friends why I was home from school right, right. to say, oh, I wasn't feeling good this morning. <laughs> my mom announces, oh, Julia has, just has hives because she got her first period. I'm so excited <laughs> to tell the world. I was like... What is wrong with you? Oh, my God. So I'll never forget that. So anyway, I ha- the reason why I was thinking it was period-related is because I got my IUD removed last month because I was having IUD issues. Oh, okay. So was, this was my very first period, basically, in three years, like normal period. And so I thought, oh, I just have hives again because the first day of the rash was just hives. But then the second day, it was like I was attacked by a million bees Eyes swollen, oh my God. mouth swollen, red everywhere. Yikes. And I was still, like, Lane was like, are you sure this is just your period? I was like, I mean, probably. Uh, and then I finally texted a photo of myself to my sister, and she was like, go to an urgent care immediately. Are you allergic <laughs> to penicillin? Yeah. I oh. Know. I haven't been on antibiotics since Wow. Were you on amoxicillin? Yes. Yeah. So I just blew up. So that was, I was like bedridden for like five days. Oh, Jesus. That's terrible. I couldn't leave the apartment. I wonder if you, I wonder if you didn't know or you developed the allergy. I must have developed Because like, I'm sure you've taken amoxicillin in your life before or a penicillin. Yeah. I just have it in forever. So I had no idea. Yeah. This could be possible. So, uh, but anyway, this whole story is because I was sharing my journey with the rash on my Insta (laughs) stories. But obviously didn't post a photo of it. I'm not going to post that. Yuck. It's like nobody Please, wants thank to you. see it. Please, thank you. I hate and rash I stuff. I, well, I sent a photo to Lisa, and she just responded laughing. Oh, my God. That is so much worse than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> She's like, I, I'm sorry. I can't make you feel better about this. You look disgusting. <laughs> horrendous. I was like, You're no, a circus freak. But that's like, you know, that's the thing. It's like... I can talk about my rash, but I'm not sure to see my rash. Right. And I understand some people wouldn't even talk about it, but I was going nuts. I had to be connected to the world in some way because I wasn't talking to anybody. Oh my God. <sighs> so anyway, it's been, it's been a week. I, you know what's a weird thing that they don't tell you? I feel like uh, that I found out like later in my life that, that antibiotics, birth control doesn't work when you're on antibiotics. What? Like if you, like um birth oh. control pills like oh. if you take birth control pills I don't know about an IUD well, but I, I heard that that it yeah but with birth control pills people are, like that's how a bunch of girls on oh. sixteen and pregnant got pregnant they were on birth oh. control but they just took antibiotics and it like cancels it out I didn't fucking know that no doctor ever told me that. Yeah, that's crazy because I haven't been on birth control pills in forever. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't talked about it on the pod yet. I was such an advocate for IUDs and now I'm just like, fuck them because I was having, I was on Mirena and it was fine for like two years and then all of a sudden six months ago, I was just like bleeding all the time. Oh no. And it didn't move. Nothing happened. I wasn't having pain necessarily. I was just cramping like more often, but it's like, who wants to live with their period every single day? Oh God, no. So I just had it taken out, and now I'm not on anything, which 
everyone, Lane and I, we've been together for seven years, and the first four years, we didn't use any birth control. Oh, Lord. He just pulled out, and everyone's <laughs> like, you're crazy. I've never had a pregnancy scare. I've never, you know. You're lucky. So, I'm just like, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But I am a little bit nervous, because. It's really going to ruin your brand if you get pregnant. Oh, well. <laughs> No, that's, <laughs> no, then actually, right on brand. <laughs> it could help things. Yeah. Uh, people will be sad, of course, um, uh, in my in my personal life, but I'll talk about it, but I hope that I never have to go through that. No, I'm good. I'm being safe. I mean, Maybe the rash helped. He didn't want to touch me. <laughs> Well, there we go. We First found it. In a long time we ago. found it. Repulsion. Like, Repulsion is the perfect yeah, birth control. Birth, birth control. But it is annoying. I mean, I've started the conversation with Lane about like getting him snipped. Uh, yeah, because he doesn't want to have kids either. So do it. It right. takes five seconds. He doesn't have health insurance. Oh, got it. So yeah. then this is where everyone's like, just marry him, and then. Well, would you, you guys your do a domestic par- partnership or something? Uh, we could, but that's it, like. Uh, the tax implications for that are kind of obnoxious as far as my health insurance package mm-hmm. is concerned. And my personal feelings are, get your own health insurance. <laughs> I, like, why is this? Yeah. Why do I have yeah. to, you know, not, I mean, obviously, I will do whatever. For right. I wonder what an out-of-pocket vasectomy costs. It's outpatient. I mean, I wonder, yeah. if, is it like 5000 Is it two? Is it something we could save up for? Right. <laughs> like... He hasn't been super receptive to it yet, but I think it's because he hasn't had to think about it before. Right. Because guys never, uh, outside of condoms, they are not thinking about birth control right. ever. Yeah. Because the implications of it aren't going to affect him. It will still just affect me if I did get pregnant by accident right. or something. Obviously, he would support me. He would help me pay for whatever right. I need. But, like, he, you know, and that's another reason why healthcare for him isn't on the forefront. And also, I had to have a DNC, which is essentially an abortion, for one of my miscarriages. Oh, yeah. And they, like, you know, it costs a bunch of money, even though I have great insurance. Yeah. And then they slapped me with a $500 anesthesia charge four months later oh that I didn't know about. Yeah. So, it's like, that's not cheap either. Oh, my You God. know? Yeah. No, the ways that they get you for all of this stuff yeah. is, like, pretty insane. And that's why, for me, whenever because everyone's like, just get married, duh. It's like, hello, I've been shouting into the void that I never want to get married. <laughs> I don't feel like I should have to sacrifice that just to ensure that I don't have a kid. Let's... Men need birth control. Get them. Yeah. Get them back in. I do a testing. whole joke about male birth control in my in my act. Will it be on the album? It's on the album, baby. Oh, Go buy it. Until yeah. That's one of our core values here. <laughs> Getting men on birth control. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So anyway, we could talk about this forever. But um, what I wanted to talk to you about too, and we kind of started talking about this a little bit ago, was um. Well, so. So you feel supported by your college friends. Has anything shifted since you've gotten pregnant with most of your comedian friends? Or are you finding that they're more just like... No, I mean, everyone... Like, I'm really kind of like, I'm not different. Like, I'm not trying... I'm not like... Seat reaching out for support right now, yeah. or like I feel really good. I haven't had a tough pregnancy, so I think that's helpful. Yeah, I'm sure like people that ha- have these like horrible pregnancies like need help and emotional support. I haven't felt you know like anxiety or depression or anything from it. So honestly, when I go over and like hang out with my comedy friends, it's like it's not there's no difference right, right. now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens when I have the baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, so you, I'm assuming you know the Joyce's now. They are yes, LA. yes. And I so, love them and I'm moving yeah. close to them oh, great. soon. So, so wonderful. Yeah, we miss them a lot. But they were our friends here in comedy that had a kid. And they were like, the, and they're not the only ones that we knew here, but just our closest friends. Right, right. Baby. And we would just go to their place. Right. Like, I really didn't change our friend group dynamic that much because they, I mean, they were good about bringing Francie out when she was little, little, but once she got older and was more hard. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a window where I think they're easy to bring out and then, then it's closes. Yeah. Um, Um, but so we would just end up hanging out there. Yeah. I feel like that's also just a little bit part of like when you get pregnant when you're 26, your friends are still raging and going to bars. Like a lot of my friends are like 
in their 30s and like not really doing that as much like there's still like the birthday party here and there at a bar or whatever but like we're doing a lot more house parties we're doing a lot more stuff where like you could bring a kid or I honestly grew up my mom is one of my I'm one of my mom had six kids my parents both worked and they went out like every Saturday night yeah like I remember like who's babysitting us tonight like I remember being like very never like mom stay home with me like I just was like nope Saturday night my mom goes out and I party with the babysitter and I get pizza or whatever (laughs) and that's like what we do and so like I'm very much like oh as soon as I have this whole like feeding and sleep schedule under control like I want to be going out you know what I mean like and I know that that's like a financial thing of like we'll obviously have to budget like when we want to pay for a babysitter or whatever but I'm not like I need to be home with my precious angel all the time. And maybe I'll feel different when it pops out, but I really don't think I will. Yeah. I mean, I think a social life is so important to you being happy. And that is super important to your child being happy. And I'm a very social person. Like I get like energy off of being around other people that if I like am stuck in the house with like a baby for six months without ever seeing people like that is when I will go into a full postpartum depression. So I'm like, I feel yeah. like, yeah, like people will, we'll have people over and I just, LA as it is can be very isolating, yeah. you know, like it's very sprawled out. Like, so I always am like a person that reaches out to friends is like, what are we doing this weekend? What's, yeah. what are you up to? Blah, blah, blah. So, or making plans for dinners, like four weeks down the yeah. road, just if you haven't seen someone in a while. So I don't really see why my life would change. We'll yeah. see. People also say things change after you have a second kid too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, one I, is easy and, like, right. two becomes more of a thing. Well, and I think, like, for us with the comedy friend side of things, people are just much more, not, I don't want to say accepting, but just more um, uh, go with the flow mm-hmm. regardless of what your choices are. And so I don't think people, like, turn their backs on you. Right. And make a different type of life choice than them. Right. Which I'm not saying that people do that at other places, but... There's a reason why this stuff is hard to talk about because people like you to choose the path that they're on too. Right, you know? right. And and friendships can kind of fracture and bend and stuff. And um, so another thing that we wanted to talk about, which is more of a fun thing to talk about, <laughs> um, and part of why we have the podcast too, um, and the reason why I was excited Kara could be on is because you know it's also about you know bridging that space between friends who want to have kids and friends who don't want to have kids. Yeah, because <clears throat> fr- losing friends is scary, and I think like I think as our society has shifted a little bit, friendships, at least to me, and I know a lot of my friends are just as important and valuable as family relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you're in one of those friend groups where you're the child-free person and all of your friends are having babies and you're feeling like a little isolated yeah. or replaced or something, it can be really scary and overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so part of this podcast is that it doesn't have to be that way. You know, maybe it takes work to understand where different people are coming from. But if you're really friends, you should want to do that. Totally. Um, but so what I'm excited to talk about is... So I finally finished season three of Insecure. Yeah, such so a good we've show. we've done a couple other episodes where we've just talked about, you know, the portrayal of women as child-free and mothers. So, like, we had a Sex in the City episode, which was really fun. We did a Housewives episode, of course. And Girls gets brought up a lot just mm-hmm. because of the finale. Um, Oof, that finale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Comes up a lot. Um, but uh, so when I finished Insecure Season 3, I was like really excited because, and maybe I'm just not remembering enough, but I don't really think they had talked about motherhood so much in the first two No. Seasons. Like it was mostly just being young, career, dating life. Yeah. Not. They focus on the young stuff, yeah. I think. And like Tiffany, Amanda's character. Yes is always the one that's, like, a little bit more, like, she's married, Mary. she's, like, kind of, you imagine she probably, like, owns a home, right. you know, is, like, the more put-together one in the relationship area, area cl- classically put-together. Yes. I mean, you know. Right. Exactly. Um, whereas... Stereotypically put-together, I guess. All of the other characters are sort of... Yeah, single, single or... Single, terrible relationship yeah. decisions, making weird career choices um but so the storyline in particular that I was like really like taken by in season three was between Kelly and Tiffany because they're also kind of like not the main friend group right they're not the main friendship and am I is it correct that like you're supposed to kind of believe that like they're like a posse of four but that 
Tiffany and Kelly are closer friends, and then Molly and Issa are closer yes. friends. Okay. Um, and but they're all for college friends, right? Which I also think is kind of a cool thing too, because I mean it's similar to girls in that way, right? Except for in that it was just um, Marnie and Hannah being friends from college, mm-hmm. with the other two kind of tagged on after the fact. But so they all went to the same college together, and so what I think is interesting is just showing you know how your relationships kind of change and shift from college to your 20s to your 30s right and i think a classic shift is what we see with the tiffany character and the kelly character in that kelly is very financially successful right she's got her career together but she's chronically single you know doesn't have that solid foundation yeah. to even think well, about it. And they set her up as almost like a little bit emotionally immature. Right. Like she's kind of like, give me that D and like yeah. more silly about it. Like not really seeking out boyfriends and more seeking out hookups and stuff. Yeah. And also I would say probably isn't a character who's looking to become a mother specifically. Right. Like that doesn't seem to be in her step-by-step guide to have life happening. It's not mentioned. Right. right. Yeah. And then her best friend being Tiffany is the one that's married and now pregnant. And they do, like, with Issa and Molly, it's kind of broached because Issa, Molly, and Kelly have their own text exchange where Tiffany isn't included in it anymore. Right. After she gets pregnant. Which, so then she's kind of the one being isolated out of the group. But then what I thought was cool to see is that when she had her baby shower, she had all her new, like, mommy friends. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, I thought it was really well done because I just felt for Kelly's character so much at the baby shower um, because she was just, like, feeling like I'm losing my best friend. Right. And she yells at Issa and Molly because she's like, you guys don't get it. You two are best friends. You're not losing your one, your, like, she is my Molly. She is my Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, like, a real emotion and a real fear. Yeah. I mean, I also wanted to, like, scream, like, you can still be friends. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and they kind of, like, I mean, because I did feel a little bit for Tiffany's character, but she's a little snobbish. Right. She's supposed to be, like, yeah. All of the, the, well, the baby shower scene where she did the portraits. The portraits, like the Beyonce. (laughs) I mean, she's so, like, well, she's very, like, uppity and is like, things need to be in a certain way. Y'all need to be acting in this way. Yeah. And, um... That also is extremely narcissistic, you know? Like, I can't imagine ever... Like, I feel fine pregnant. I feel good. I'm not like, I am so gorgeous and I need to be, like, like memorialized in oil paint what I look like right now. having your belly um, cast in plaster. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's, like... So insane. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little bit... Sometimes it just strikes me as being a little bit put on where women are like... I must be beautiful now because I am so pregnant. I have to put this out yeah. there. Like, you have to. And it's like, if they really feel that way, great. But it always strikes me a little bit as sort of put on mm-hmm. because it seems, it's like, okay. I mean, yeah. it's fine. Like, I'm glad we're not hiding women away in rooms anymore. <laughs> but at the same time, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> If I were doing that, everyone would think I was crazy, you know? I know. So, it's it so, funny. I mean, to each his own. I, I thought it was kind of funny in the, in the insecure, like, baby shower episode because that's, like, the opposite of what I want. Like, yeah. I don't want a separate group of, like, all yeah. mommy friends. I just kind of want to, like, keep things the way they are and, like, now I have a kid. And it's not like yeah. that. It's not all that, like, everyone's like, do you have a mommy group? And I'm like, no, and don't add me to one. Like, I don't want to be, I am against the idea of making friends with people because we have both have kids. Yeah. We need to have more in common than we both have kids. Yeah. Like, and I have a couple friends in LA that are comedians or comedy adjacent that have kids. And like, that's enough for me. I have enough people yeah. that I can, now with texting and FaceTime, I have enough people I can reach right. out to to answer like pivotal questions. Whereas I could, I could see how like. 15, 20 years ago, you got to go to people. Who can you call up on the rotary phone and ask a question when your kid's crying or whatever? But now it's like I have so much advice at my fingertips, but through the internet or through whatever, I really don't need to be in some group of moms where our only common connection is having a kid. Well, and that to me is. And I've seen friends do that, and it seems seems sad. 
it does because it seems like kind of like that type of friendship would make me feel lonely to yeah. not really feel like I can be myself and to not really feel connected to a person um but just having this one thing in common yeah you know, it's like kind of the same thing because like uh, you know I kind of feel like oh should I be seeking out more explicitly child-free people which I think I'm doing by just having this podcast like I've already met so many different people yeah but I feel like that's a genuine connection more than just like going it's kind of like because they have like meetups for child-free which I think I'll, t- I'll take a look right but like you out, wouldn't start but... being friends with some girl just because she was child-free if right. you had nothing else in common and she had a shitty personality exactly you know like I'm not just gonna be friends with someone because like oh our kids hang out right. so we have to like go away for the weekend together nah like right. I'm not doing that like that it, sucks yeah and I think like I think like that's like I true I think the reason why people get so wrapped up in their heads about if they have friends who are making a different type of choice than they are whether to have kids or not have kids or whatever it right um because I think they think like oh now we're not gonna have anything in common anymore but really, why, you know, why? I have so many friends that have kids. They, I have just as much in common with them as I did before because, you know, obviously, yes, day to day our schedules might vary. And I don't know what it's like to have to take three kids to schools all right. the or whatever. But, like, they also don't know what it's like to just live in the city or right. get to lounge whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my big core value. Yeah. Um, but... It doesn't change who we are fundamentally. I'm still right. like Julia. Though I do think motherhood changes some women yeah. fundamentally. It's some women change and are like, this is who I am now. And I'm not interested in being somebody like that. Um, but I know people that are like, I'm a mom now. And that's my whole thing. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I have a little bit fallen away from my friendships with some women like that. Yeah. You know, because that, but that's not... That's, like that's not the kid. Yeah. That's like you chose to be about one thing, and that's yeah. boring a little bit to me. Well, yeah, and I'm sh- well because there are like, and this is where I struggle with, the, where I kind of do want to separate myself a little bit from what I've seen out there of the child-free mm-hmm. groups, because there are people who are just so vehement against parents and against kids. And I just don't find that to be a logical rash. It's just like these women who just want to be mothers and that's it. And that's their identity. I don't think it's rational to just identify as child-free and that be it. Right. And I also don't think it's rational. Are you saying that there's kind of almost like a vegan, like the way that vegans go psycho on the internet? There's like people that are like, oh, people with kids are breeders and like terrible and gross. I mean, that's extremists. Yeah. Extremes in anything are too much, you know? And this is part of why I started the podcast. When you look for these things, that's a lot of what you find. You don't really find sort of this... And that's why, like, some people who identify as child-free don't like my podcast at all because they think I have... You're being too sympathetic to us breeders. Exactly. Exactly. No, for real. Yeah. Or just that I identify as an auntie. They think a woman's worth shouldn't be defined by the care that she gives to children and I totally understand that, but I also think I do a pretty good job of defining that for myself in my life. Right. And I and I think it's really important for the world to have women who have chosen not to have kids, but who can still love children. Kids, yeah. And to me, that's about community building in general. Right. So that's a value that I have. You don't have to agree with that value, but it is hard because people want to silo these things, you know? And so I think it's cool that you're being, like, really you know, purposeful about this is the type of mom I want to be and it's me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't plan to like lose my personality when I have a kid. Like, um, and I don't think anybody does. And like, and maybe, you know, maybe it is going to be one of those things where it's like, I do want to make a couple mom friends because they get it that I, uh, when you can't get your kid to do X, Y, Z. And my other friend might be like, Oh, that's annoying. But like be shut (laughs) off in the conversation. But I don't know. I just, like, never really felt like my mom ever made friends based on kids. Like, we, I, I was always, she always had friends that, like, had kids that were wildly different ages yeah. than us. Or, like, some that didn't, I guess. And, like, yeah, I just never thought, like, I, I don't know. Your friends are just your friends. Your friends and are just your friends. You yeah. develop, uh, you know, of course you're going to have to talk to other parents. And if your kids really connect, you are going to have to, like, 
find a way to relate to them on some level. But usually you just keep it to the kid then. It's not like you have to right. give your whole life to your kid's best friend's mom. Right. You know? Like, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And um, I do think that that's, like, sweet when, like, you happen to have... Like, I do happen to have a good friend who's having a kid two months away from me. And, like, yeah. that will be nice that they'll grow up together yeah. for a while, as long as we stay in L.A. and yeah. all that. I think that stuff's cute. But, like, we had a friendship before. We didn't, right. like, forge it. Yeah. And would would I love to meet some sat snarky mom on the playground who's just like me? Yeah. Sure, of course. I'm not like closing shop up yeah. for friends. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just not like. Uh, do, do you need to like? Do you need want to do something? Like right. we're both we yeah. have kids. Let's like go get a yogurt, right. like or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I also know like that that's sort of um situational because like I had a friend that like moved to Chicago knew nobody had a baby and I was like isn't she making friends through yeah. like her mom class because like ha- yeah. I don't know how else you make friends when you like don't do right. comedy in a new city I think about um, that all the time. you know and like I mean like I for someone like that I would be like oh yes use your kid thing to like find cool moms to be right. friends with but don't make it the first mom that comes across yeah, your like exactly. comes across your path. Yeah, I be mean, discerning. Like, friends as adults is it's tough. A challenge yeah, in own, no matter what. I mean, and some people do it like you know, it's not just with kids or without kids. Some people like when they get into a couple, then it's like we have to just be couple friends. You know? Oh yeah. And I hate that too. Like I've got lots of single friends, and also the way I have my relationship, it's. Like, Lane's got his friends, I got my friends, right. we have some mutual friends, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, us melding together and right. that's all we do, you know, so people do have these, like, weird rules for themselves, and I think you can be in control of following those rules or living how you want to live. Yeah. And that's my whole point. We should just all be living the way we want to live. And, and not judging other people. Well, yeah, obviously I'm very judgmental. But, <laughs> um, at least not, you know, letting your judgments close yourself off to new experiences. Right. And new people. Like, I think it's, ext- I would be extremely hurt if I found out that a bunch of my friends were, like, on a text thread that I wasn't on yeah. because I have a baby. Well, in that like, or you know, I was kind of like, is that real? Like, does that happen? And so... They but I guess really... if they... But with, specifically with a character like Tiffany, because let me tell you this. My little brother has an issue right now. Where My, my little brother's, like, um, 31, and he's got a best friend who lived in New York and had a baby. And he's got... It's his friend from college, and a bunch of them, like, are, are friends from college that all live in the city. And they would invite him to everything. And he would be like... <laughs> Guys, I have a baby. I can't just like go to the bar with you and they'd be like, do you want us to stop including you? So like maybe it's like those girls sort of preemptively, they did like a preemptive strike against Tiffany doing shit like that because that is the kind of shit Tiffany would do. Like, I can't believe you guys are going to this music festival. I have a baby. I could never, you know? And so... Well, and she kind of did tell that. She does have that moment with Issa after they go to Coachella and it's just like, yeah, it just made me realize that we're growing apart or whatever. Right. And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they take it in season four because she'll actually have the baby. And I'm hoping they make, like, I, I'm hoping that they don't do what I, I think is stereotypical of TV writing to be, like, create, just to create drama where, you know, I hope that they show that they can still be friends. And right. Maybe things have changed slightly, but maybe they're better. Maybe they appreciate appreciate each other more. Because does Tiffany just want to be friends with a bunch of other Tiffany's? Like, I mean, all of my college friends, because I have three best friends from college, we're all very different people. And, you know, so that's where I like watching Insecure so much because I see, like, my friend group mm-hmm. in that way. Um, and we all have our friend groups outside of each other, obviously, but we still connect and we still like each other. Right. And so it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And if just because something changes slightly, it doesn't mean that your whole friendship is null and void and you can't find any connection anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, so it was like interesting. I'm excited to see where they take it and if motherhood comes up with any of the other characters too. Cause it really hasn't at all. Yeah. Like no one's had a scare, right. No, or anything like that. I don't think so. I don't think they've had any abortions on insecure. No. I guess no, not watched. an abortion, but even like a, Oh, positive, pro- yeah. like, or like a, uh, 
I'm going to take a pregnancy test. Yeah. Like, I'm late kind of thing. Uh, I don't think they've done that, but... Maybe now that Issa's getting older and she's thinking about this stuff more, maybe it will come into the... Yeah. more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. I always, like, love seeing this stuff reflected because, obviously, it's so rare for any shows to exist with, like, all women characters or most right. women characters. And, of course, black women characters. So, and you know, like, that's a world that's not mine, so I'm more interested in seeing, like, what they're doing and talking about and yeah. those things. I think, I hope that they give, I also think Amanda's really, really funny, and I would like them to give her... Well, and what's the woman's name who plays Kelly? Natasha. Natasha. Ross, She's so funny. She's so funny, too. Like They're underutilized, for sure. I agree, and I think that, like, that char- Tiffany's a funny character to me, and I would like yeah. to see more of it. I would like to see Molly's a little Debbie Downer. Yeah, this season, like when Issa finally yelled at her at the end, it was like, oh, thank God, because yeah, she's just so yeah dark right now, and she was so heavily featured this third right. season. Right, and I mean, she's a beautiful actress and is interesting, and it's you know, I it was still really good. But it was, like, it was just making me crave the scenes with Kelly and Tiffany. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh, please. Like, the Coachella scene. I would like it a little bit. They moved that show to be more about Issa and Molly. Yeah. And I would like it if it was more Sex in the City where they each got storylines all the time. I really would. Like, And I think you kind of, I think you do need that to keep things more interesting. Yeah. Even girls did a good job of balancing Like, Issa can still be the carry. Yeah. Who has the biggest, best storylines, but there still are Samantha storylines. Molly her main best friend. Yeah. But, yeah, it... It was a little too much Molly, where it was just like, like, don't you feel like Miranda is Carrie's main best friend in Sex and the City? Yeah. Right or no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Carrie is like the glue that holds them all together. Yeah. And it, so it's not like Samantha and Charlotte are like right together. hanging out alone. But yeah, for sure. Mar- well, I, I really like it. Speaking of Sex and the City, like when um, when sh- um, when uh, Miranda gets pregnant and Charlotte is like mad about it. Like, that happened to yeah. me. Oh. Like, right after I had one of my miscarriages, one of my friends told me she was pregnant, and irrationally, I was yeah. so mad. Even though I was like, of course I'm happy for you. Like, of yeah. course you should have that. And, like, I just was like, I came home to my husband. I was like, oh, so-and-so is pregnant. I was, like, mad. And then, but it's, it's just so like. irrational because it's physical, too. Yeah. You know? It was just yeah. like, a, it was just like I was disappointed because, yeah. like, I, you know, I had just had this thing happen. But, like, that. So, Sex and the City really resonates sometimes, No, you know? well, that's why we talked about it. Yeah. Because, yeah, we went through all of those different storylines, not just Carrie being child-free, Samantha being child-free, but, yeah. you know, even Miranda's choice to actually have the baby, because that was kind of a shift from what you would have assumed her character right. was going to do, or even what the character assumed she was going to do. Right. Um, yeah, so... It, yeah, I mean, that's why, like, with Insecure, I do... It's not that I want it to be a replication of right. City or Girls. It's just that... There's so much good talent. I yeah, want to see it from yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yes. I was happy to see Langston on. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does. So, he's so funny. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and he's getting married. I know. I know. So cute. Um, I haven't met his fiance. She's but great. Lisa's like obsessed with her. She's a wonderful, fun yeah, girl, beautiful. But maybe I actually have met her before they left, but just very briefly when they yeah. were like long distance. Um, but yeah, so that is a fun show, and so I'm excited for it to come back. Maybe we'll do a full episode breakdown. But yeah, they just don't have those same types of storylines. It's just a lot of Issa making poor yeah dating and career choices. I did like how much more. <laughs> they made of her uh, nonprofit organization this year. That yeah, I love that. It out so much more. Yeah, but in uh, the in the marketing for the first season, it's all Issa, yeah. and I, and the second season, and then the third season, it's it's Issa and Molly. Yeah, like it's very like they're back, and I was like, oh, interesting shift yeah. away from like this one girl to like making it more about the two of them. Maybe they'll realize that we want even more. We want more Tiffany and Kelly because that storyline didn't really come out until the end of the season, too. Right, like the baby shower and stuff with Kelly. I mean, because it was like Kelly's most emotional moment. You know, mostly she's just kind of like the comedic relief, right? Um, which is that. Coachella ending was so funny. Oh my god. Natasha, I used to do stuff with at UCB in New York and I just like love her. I think yeah. she's so funny and she's killing it. She's gonna be in like the Wonder Woman sequel. Oh awesome. she's like got 
tons of stuff coming up. Yeah. Like, I think she's going to get be a star. Yeah. Well, then they should, I mean, utilize her more yeah. if they want to keep her. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they will. But anyway, all right. Well, we should wrap it up. Um, but... So just to replug your album coming out. Yes, please pre-order Undefeated, Kara Clank, K-A-R-A-K-L-E-N-K on iTunes. Because <laughs> when you pre-order the day that it comes out, it's like everybody bought it on that yeah. day. And then it helps me, like, you know, make a splash on the iTunes yeah, charts. Yeah, be number one. For, like, an hour before, like, an old Jim Gaffigan album beats <laughs> me or something, you know. Still a cool accomplishment. Yes. So everyone look out for that. We'll have links on our website. And then Great. where can people find you? I'm on Twitter. Social? I'm on Insta. I'm on Facebook. All under Kara Clank. Nice. So we will yes. also have links to that. Um, thank you so much for coming in. Thank I'm you. So um, and listeners, thanks for tuning in. Um, next week is our first book discussion for the Not the Mama Book Club. Uh, so oh, cool. finished reading Selfish, Shallow, Shallow and Self-Absorbed by Megan Dom. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Um, and we will also be announcing February's book, which I'm pretty excited about too. Um, and, of course, follow us at Not The Mama Media on Instagram. And email us at NotTheMamaPod at gmail.com if you have any questions or concerns. Um, yeah, or you want to, like, tell me you hate me for something I said today. Oh. LMK. <laughs> it. You'd be surprised how much time people spend now. No, I'm just kidding. Our listeners are wonderful. Um, but thank you always for tuning in, and we will talk soon. Bye. Bye.